sometimes we don't have that soul satisfaction that we should. And a lot of things factor into that. Um, I've got a little picture I drew up here. And like, you have to pray for joy. Your bucket's empty and it's got a hole in it, is how I heard one preacher put it. And you have to pray for joy because your joy is supposed to spill out onto other people. So it's supposed to constantly be coming out of that bucket like it's got a little hole in it. And when you're ministering to other people, you're constantly giving out. So you have to pray for your joy to be put back in. Because otherwise, you just get all... You know, empty. <laughs> oh, I've been in trouble for that. Uh, uh, <laughs> well, not me, per, but my crew. We got this young girl, about 22. This. She's starting to work in my area funky. now, and she's a bubbly little thing. <laughs> and Stan will come back. He's you need more work, less talk. Okay, we're, we're working, but up. Uh, She's like you. She can be heard all over the warehouse. Oh, sorry. She can't help it then. She just, that's her. <laughs> but she's so excited. She's got her fiancé's in Fort Benning right now, and he's supposed to graduate. Oh, I bet she is excited. In a couple of weeks, and then um, they're planning on getting married when he finds out where he's going to be stationed. And, uh, but she's, she keeps us laughing and all, and then we get in trouble. So, uh, we need a less talk. I'm saying that to everybody, but less talk and more work. But see, that's her joy. They, uh, they don't think they're supposed to have fun at work. Oh, I know. Oh, good grief. But see, I've been here. <laughs> they don't want you to make it a career. Yeah. And then they want to hurt kids and they expect them not to play. Yeah, yeah now. Is there supposed to be one for you? When the old uh, nah. man it, it, it doesn't have to be. Mm -hmm. It's okay. Because yeah. I've, I've gotten a book, so I've already done it. People come in, you know, you can't even okay. say yeah, um, Well, now last time when we left off, where we stopped was we talked about uh, thinking of a time that described our... The, okay, so we were thinking of a time where we were describing the most satisfying experience that we could think of you know when we were just so satisfied just so happy it was just coming off of us or just so joyful doesn't have to be happy just so joyful that it was coming off of us in waves and i had said that mine one of the ones i could remember was when my first child was born when Bree was born i just i remember steve sitting there behind me with his arms around me and i had Bree. And I just remember us being quiet and just just being happy. You all couldn't hold her. Well, <laughs> that was after we got home, You Mom. had her, didn't you? That was after we got home. She had the joy of holding her. <laughs> <laughs> so that wasn't in the hospital. Oh, man. But um, let's see. And that so that was one of them. And, and so we were talking about different things where we just felt totally full and totally satisfied and joyful and that is actually how we're supposed to feel with God and a lot of times we don't feel that way because of circumstances or because um, <coughs> we're keeping God over here instead of having him right here you know we're, we're we choose how close we are to God remember I've told you that before um, it's like going up the mountain to and, and God's at the top of the mountain. You choose how close you are. Mm -hmm. Do you go all the way to the top, or are you still in the bottom with the Israelites worshiping the calf? You know? Mm -hmm. um, so now consider, think of that experience, whatever it was, and consider that satisfaction you felt, and consider how we're supposed to feel about God. And I have had that satisfaction and have that satisfaction with God a lot in my life but I, I'm like everybody else there are times I'm you know it's like an ebb and a flow because we're human it's supposed to be more constant but it's not God that moves no. it's us that move and we don't even realize it but it's like a constant flow like the tide we, we're human we mess up it's just the way it is. We mess up. Okay. Um, now, if you could multiply that experience that you had a thousand <coughs> times and imagine experiencing that delight and that fulfillment in God's presence 
And that is what he actually wants us to experience. That's what he wants us to feel. When you know that feeling of, have you ever had that feeling that you're praying and, and you've been studying and you're praying, you might be by yourself and, and God is just in the house. You can literally close your eyes and feel, just practically feel the warmth off of him, the glow from him in your in your presence because he's in the house. He's there. <laughs> um, now, I have had that experience many times in my life. I've had the experience where I've heard him. You know, um, I'm told that not everybody does that. Okay. But I have. Okay. Some people literally do hear, whether it's in their spirit or almost uh -huh. like an audible voice. I have. Um, somebody told me one time, ah, oh, so you hear voices. I hear God's voice. <laughs> you know. But um, for Steve, he hears more through the scripture. Everybody's going to hear in the way that they relate to God. So it's okay if you don't experience that in the way that I do. But you need to experience it in the way that God can speak to you. Yeah. Otherwise, you're choosing to stay down here in the valley and worship the stupid cow. <laughs> you don't want to worship the cow. I like steak, but you don't want to worship it, okay? And I better get it tomorrow. Get <laughs> what? Steak. Oh. Okay, I thought I, I was trying. I'm, 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 well, she said steak, and I said I better get it tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, now you think about this. Now, do you see the connection here between the between captivity though and satisfaction? When you are in captivity to hello, <laughs> when you are in captivity to sin. It's like being down there worshiping the cow. They wanted to go back to captivity. When you are worshiping God, you're free. But we tend to, as humans, we think because God wants what's best for us and we want to follow our own way and our own rules, we tend to a lot of times think we're restricted worshiping God. And actually a lot of the restrictions we put on ourselves because we know some of that stuff leads us away. Um, God didn't really put a lot of those restrictions there as much as we did in our own minds. Um, and I, I put that I don't have to imagine that I've been there, but it's hard to maintain. Now, maybe some of you don't have the trouble maintaining that I have, but I have had trouble maintaining in the past. Um, we tend to relate this feeling to joy. But it's a soul-feeling joy. Your your car may be broke, the kids may be sick, and you can still feel, you, you can have a cold, like I do, but you can still feel this joy. Joy and happiness are not the same thing. And we relate it as the same thing. It's not. It's not the same thing. Well, you know, I've said this many times. Oh, it scares me sometimes because I'm not afraid of what's going on you know, this world. Oh, and and I think, it, you know, why? Because it's so weird. But but I know it's the peace in my heart. Well, God can give you that that peace. Um, he gave me a picture one time. I asked him uh, for, I was asking for more joy. And he gave me a picture one time of peace with him, what it looks like, because I'm very visual. So he has to give me pictures sometimes for me to get it. Okay, so I'm dense. But anyway, <laughs> but I, I saw this big hand, like in my living room, coming through the, the those double doors that I got back there. This big hand, and I'm sitting in the hand like a recliner. It's God's hand, and there's all kind of chaos around me. There's just stuff whirling around, and the egg beater, and everything's whirling around like a tornado. But I'm sitting there and I'm just peaceful and happy as a clam. I'm protected and loved in God's hand. And that's what he wants you to know. That's your soul satisfaction. It's not, it's not that everybody did everything right at school. 
It's not. It's not that the kids didn't get in a fight. It's. <laughs> it's not that um, you have a boyfriend or you don't have a boyfriend or you're whatever. It's not whatever you're missing. It's being satisfied just with God. Yeah. See, we tend to put other things in the place of God and not realize we're doing it. A lot of women, a lot of women, I was really hoping some more of the young ones would come too. And you got to get on them. But, but this, <laughs> Brie, you got to get on them. But the thing is, is they want to find their satisfaction a lot of times in men. They want, they want somebody so bad that they'll take anybody. Uh-huh. And guess what? And if it's not the one God anything. brings, and I, I used to try to beat this in her head, if it's not the one that God brings, you don't need them. No. Because they ain't nothing but trouble anyway. <laughs> I, look, I love my husband, but men are a lot of trouble. Okay? <laughs> so why on earth would you want one God didn't bring you? <laughs> To put up with. Oh, come on. But <laughs> now, they probably feel the same way about us, but can't express it that way. You know, Steve would say that. He said, why on earth would you want one God didn't bring you? <laughs> yeah, and it's true. Because you love each other. But they don't know to, some of them do, but they don't know to pray for one. That God would send them a one. Yeah. You know, yeah. And see, be the one that God sends them. Well, and some people are called to be single. I had a good friend that yeah. was a, a, a secretary at Hillcrest for years and years and years. Teresa. Happy as a clam. Now, she would like to have got married, but you know what? She said God had called her to be single, and he had called her to that job, and she was busy. And she meant it. And she was one of the most confident uh quirky she's kind of quirky wasn't she but she she's one of the most confident faith-filled women i had ever met and i mean she was full of faith but she wasn't weak she wasn't wimpy and she wasn't whining over any man (laughs) now i i love teresa um and she's you think i'm plain spoken oh teresa's plain spoken and she's never been married. She's 70 something years old and she's uh, still, you know, worshiping the Lord. She don't go to church because she don't have no car. Yeah. But I've asked her to come out here, but but uh, she don't. But anyway, she uh, uh she's still, you know, talks about yeah. the Lord and things like that. And she's happiest. And, and we have far too many that are putting a man yeah. as their as their God. Look, you worship God and Yes, you're supposed to be in subjection to your well, husband. It's it's not them putting a man. Sometimes they put their own pleasures. Yeah. Themselves. Well, they, yeah, I know. Right. It's not. And it's, so and we're going to get into that. Yeah. Too. And I mean, when John and I talk to the youth, I mean, we tell both boys and the girls, you need to pray for the one you have, and it's okay to be single. It's okay to be by yourself. Like right now, you're in high school. You don't have to worry about it. Yeah, you know, they're not told that nowadays. It's okay to be a virgin. It's okay uh-huh. to be single. It, it's okay if, if, if God doesn't bring Yeah, it's okay. It, it's, not a, it's not that big a deal. Well, see, Just get that, you a good job. Just like our son, <laughs> Spencer. He's never been married. He said... I'm, I can't take care of myself, much less somebody else. So yeah. I'm not going. I've seen what Vince and Amanda went through, and I'm not going to get in that mess. <laughs> you see, they're, they're, they're the next generation coming up. They're not going to. They're a lot of them. are not in charge. They don't. You know. They're not disciplined. That's right. The parents. And and I can honest, I can honestly say this because even though I had not been wild and slept around, I was boy crazy. As a teenager, I would say, oh, I got to get a husband. And now my mama, God rest her soul, now she loved me, but she wanted me to get married. And I mean, she really, her idea was I had to get married and be taken care of. They weren't always going to be around. And I said, mama, I want a job. I want to, I want to get through school. I want that. She, she didn't care if I ever went to school. Mama wanted me to get married. My dad was that way. 
my sister one time. She about drove me crazy. Got a job at the <laughs> hospital uh -huh. uh, working in the kitchen or something. And he said, no, ma'am. You stay right here in this house till you get married. And I'll take care of you. But you won't get out in this well, wild world. <laughs> and she wasn't able to, I mean. Now you're going to find a man. I was say, if you don't have a lot, I don't know where you're going to find them. Well, church. And sometimes the worst is the ones you find at church. Yeah, <laughs> but not likely. Yeah. Oh, man. I found uh, mine at the Y. Yeah. You, she I, found hers at work because she uh, was working there. I used well, to tell Amanda all the time she got to dating this boy that was Catholic. Mm. And, man, I, I didn't know what to do. I was just so upset. But uh, <laughs> after... After he, they just went out a couple of times, and then she went out somebody else, and I thought, you know, this Catholic boy was a lot nicer to her than these other boys. Why am I fussing? <laughs> well, you know, they'll be. I don't agree with Catholicism, but there'll be some of them in heaven too. Okay. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. Okay. Now, liberation or freedom. Liberation is another word for freedom. And Christ means allowing him to fill all those empty places. Now, uh, Susan's not here because pretty much they, they're, they're moved. You she know, they're, they're, yeah. But now Susan used to tell me something that I, I thought was very useful and very interesting. She said when she was younger that she did that. She tried to fill those mm -hmm. where God's place should have been with a husband. And she said, I was so busy doing that. She says, it wasn't until I let God be. And she said, I was saved. But she says, I wasn't listening. She says, until I let God be my all in all, I did not get the husband that I should have had to begin with. And she said, that's basically when God brought, she said, by the time God brought him, I'd given up on all men. Decided they were just pigs <laughs> and just give it up on all men. Um, now, satisfaction in Christ can be, it can be a reality, but we're human, okay? We have to work for it, and, and she doesn't talk about the ebb and flow. I talk about the ebb and flow because I think it's important that we understand that that is very human. It's very human. She says that there is a, uh, we, this is like a, a secret in church that we all talk like we're just all so satisfied in God all the time, but a lot of people never realize that everybody goes through ebbs and flows, yeah. you know. And so we need to be honest and we need to be real with other people because then we get these young baby Christians who don't know how to handle it when their ebb is going, when their when their tide is going out, yeah. and these young baby Christians, um, they don't know what to do. They don't know how to get back up the mountain. Well, Julie, I'll tell you what I told Sunday school class Sunday. Oh, <laughs> uh, I've been so upset because I felt like the Lord wasn't listening to my prayers. I said I, I don't. I just feel like I'm praying to the wall or something. And we can feel like and, that sometimes. And uh, two or three of them said, yeah, we feel Mommy. that way too. And I said, but Mommy, I've asked for this one specific house. prayer okay. to be answered that's so it. important. And I can't understand why he hadn't answered it. Mm -hmm. He answered it Monday. <laughs> <laughs> and I just said, praise the Lord. So I got to tell the Sunday school class that. Cause I was not happy with him Sunday. <laughs> well, and I understand because uh, when I first really started experiencing arthritis, I started experiencing it so bad that it was just taking all my joy away because I didn't know what was wrong with me. You remember I talked to you, but I didn't know what was wrong with me. I thought, I'm dying. There's something bad wrong. But um, it was just that I... It runs in my family to be ahead with it. And I've, since I've changed my diet, you know, I've told you mm -hmm. and the things I'm doing better. But I, uh, I really, really was just depressed. And 
I was upset with God that if, if I have to live like this, can't you just take me home? I mean, I was hurting that bad at the time. Um, and I had several discussions with him, and I asked him to please take this off of me or lessen it or do something, and he told me no. He literally told me, no, there's a reason. And I'm like, but why? It's not for you to know right now. So I may never know that reason. I had to accept that. And when I came to that acceptance, I had peace about it. But I had to come to that acceptance that he told me no. You know, just like a kid. Mm -hmm. I'm mad that you yeah. told me no. <laughs> you know, and I knew that I had to accept it. But, yeah, I pouted about it. <laughs> well, I know a lot of people don't understand about that you can get mad at God, but you can still love God. Yeah. A lot of people take it that when you get mad at God, then, oh, that's it. Oh, you get mad at, you got and, mad at your parents I mean, and you still love them. Yeah. I got <laughs> mad it? at God. I got mm -hmm. mad at him really bad when I lost my babies. Yeah. And I, I yelled and I screamed and I pitched a fit. I wonder about God. But I still love God. And I knew, and yeah. God told me, I love you. And it's okay to yell and scream and pitch a fit. Well, the difference in a real Christian, someone who has real faith, real staying faith, and someone whose faith is really weak, is that you realize that God can handle your anger. Mm -hmm. You don't sin in your anger. You just talk to it. Tell him, I'm, God, help me with this. I'm angry. I want this fixed. I had to tell him, I'm angry. I want you to take this off of me. And when I got to the point where I had prayed it through and studied it through, got to that point where I was willing to accept whatever he had for me, it did get a little better. He did start showing me other things. But until I was ready to accept it, no, it kept getting worse. Yeah. It kept getting worse. It got really bad, y'all, for a while. And I know that sounds really ridiculous because I'm younger than a lot of y'all. But, um, no, I called Susan one day. And, or Susan called me. I don't even remember. And I was crying. I said, Susan, you got to pray for me because if i got to live like this, I said, I said, honey, this is like when I was here. I said, I feel suicidal. And I said, I don't like that feeling. I said, when I was a teenager, I had some emotional problems. And I said, I felt that way. And I said, I don't like this feeling. And I said, that demon is attacking me again. you got to pray for me because I'm very weak right now. And at that time, Susan was one of the few I would talk to like that. And um, Steve sent me to the doctor. When he came home, I'd come home from work, and I'd sit in the chair crying one day. And he said, what's wrong? I said, I'm just hurting so bad, I'm ready to scream. And that's when he sent me to the doctor. Um, but anyway. So, that's what I wonder about Donna. Gigi. About all Go she's going way. through. And then she sees the ones that gets these Go praise reports. Way. Like Margaret. Her answer, prayer was answered. Okay. Several other ones. And she, I keep thinking, wondering why hers ain't being answered. Well, it's been answered a lot of times. He's never completely taken it off of her. And she's told me that she's kind of gotten some of the... He's, he's healed her on a lot of things, but she's kind of gotten some of the same answers I did. And so she's, at, at one time, now I don't know if she's there right now, because we go back and forth, it's an ebb and flow. At one time she had accepted that there was some reason that God was not going to completely take it away. You know, so. Um, and she tries not to let you know yeah. when she's so down. But she has gotten depressed. It helps when y'all call her or check on her. It does help because she gets lonely. And there's some other things going on right now that are really depressing her. And, uh, yeah, we need, we need to reach out to Donna more. And Donna can't come as much as she would like to come. She can't. She just she can't get out of bed some days. Well, I've been uh, happy to see Danny come without her at times. I laughed at him that Sunday he came about it. I said, where's Don? He said, I don't know. I said, what do you mean you don't know? Now, I want, I want to make this very clear, too, though. We're, we're not talking about life filled with activities. It's good to be active at church. Yeah. But we're not talking about just being busy. Um, we've had people here before 
at, at church, and you've seen it at other churches and other things, where they're so busy and mm -hmm. so full of activities. You know, they just seem so happy and seem so on fire for God, then the next second, you know, they're out and they're gone. Mm -hmm. They've gotten mad over something. Yeah. Look, okay. I've always been busy. Yeah. I've always it's been... Wow. <laughs> I don't know. I'm all, this is me. This is how God made me. I'm just busy. Okay. But there are times that he has told me, stop. Listen to me. Mm -hmm. So there are times you need mm -hmm. to sit and just listen. Yeah. And some people never learn that. Yeah. I have a young one that has disappointed me and I have cried over and prayed over that has gone a different direction and um, they're putting other things in front of God. Their emotions are more important. Their business, their this, their that, everything's more important. And that one has gotten out of their church and it hurts, but we can't make their decisions for them. Just like we need to be careful and pray about our decisions because other young women watch us. They see us and that, well, so-and-so did it. Well, maybe they did and God forgave them and they worked their way through it, but that don't mean you should be doing it. Okay. Judy, I had a lady tell me this week that her brother, her son-in-law was preaching in Birmingham. Uh-huh. And, uh, of course, we've been on prayer forever. Yeah. And what he said made more sense to me than I've ever heard. Oh. But he said, when you're praying for somebody, uh -huh. they got cancer or whatever, you need to go before God and pray like it's you. Mm -hmm. I'm asking you to heal me. Now that sounds like what I heard Steve say the other day, but now you know Steve's sense of humor. He put it like this, pray like you're the third monkey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, in line for the ark. Yeah, but I thought that was, you know, because she said, um, he said, you know, you may know God, but God may not know you because hmm. you hadn't been close enough. Yeah. And that really hit home. Yeah. So uh, that was the lady that sprays for my books. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you never know what's going to just resonate with somebody. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes God speaks through other people. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, and I will tell you this, people that have that gift of getting a word, as we used to call it, or God's, you know, delivering a little message to them, they don't know it. 90% of them don't know it. And they can never tell you. Some of them can tell you what they said. Some of them can't ever tell you what they said. Yeah. Um, and the only way I know I've got that gift is I have had some people come back to me and say, that was, uh, thank you for telling me that. How did you know that happened? I'm like, I didn't know anything happened. And what did I say? <laughs> <laughs> and then they'll tell me what I said. I'm like, I said that. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> duh obvious you know i don't know um when it's not for you it's not for you even if even if you god's given it to you to give what it's not for you it's for the person that god gives it to are you talking about the tongues no <laughs> okay. Okay. no i'm talking uh, it we used to call it in baptist circles just giving a word which was a word of scripture or word of knowledge um, and it just basically was have you ever had somebody talk to you and they seem to know everything that was going on with you and what they said exactly at that time was exactly like you said about her mm -hmm. exactly what you needed to hear she gave you a word yeah. I don't know how what they call it nowadays yeah. and other denominations call it some weird stuff but well, it, all it is is a word of truth, and it's it's what's so funny from about God. It she's younger than I. Am. I mean, she's like one of my children. Yeah. And so. Well, but God knows who you'll listen uh, to at that well, time. Well, also, age doesn't define your your See, uh, Christianity, your mm -hmm. growth in Christianity, and we're all different. We all 
think different, so we get mm -hmm. things differently. Chronological age has nothing to do with your faith age. Yeah, there you go. Um, but now, for a soul full of Jesus, you got to remember your salvation secures your life, right? But, and it's secured for all eternity, but what soul satisfaction secures is abundant life. You hear people talk about abundant life. And no, it's not like Creflo Dollar says, and you don't have to have a Lexus and a boat to actually be serving God. Oh, my Lord, when he said that, I like to fill out. Uh, and I just flipped the TV that day. But, um, no. Who said that? Creflo Dollar. It's not the only one that says it. Oh, no. I turned it off when yeah. he did that. I just went Prosper Gospel. But, but yeah, that, yeah, that really ticks your dad off. But, but the thing is, is... Um, the abundant life is where he is your all in all, where you are living for him, where you've reached that mountaintop yes. with him. Uh -huh. You know, why do we go through the valleys? Because we're learning. Yeah. Why do we keep going back to the same valley? Because you didn't learn. <laughs> okay. How many of you have ever looked up at God and said, okay, I want to quit growing through this valley. What am I supposed to learn? Okay. I have done that. Okay. Um... And I know y'all have heard me say this and heard me say this, but you really need to be praying the scripture, which means that you need to personalize the scripture to you. Um, um, there are various, various things that we put ahead of God. Friends, men, fun, um, TV, cell phones. <laughs> Yeah, 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 I mean, it, you would be surprised. But now, what do you think putting this stuff ahead of God is actually called? What's it called? Idolization. Yeah. Idolatry. Yeah. She's got, she's got yeah. the right word. <laughs> Idolatry. Yeah. And, you know, when you think of it like that, it seems a lot more severe. Because, uh -huh. see, we don't think of idolatry like that. We think... You know, we hear the preachers say, don't put things ahead of God, you know, and all. But yeah. we think of idolatry more as the, the calf, the you know, uh, the Buddha, the, I don't know, that funny-looking elephant-headed thing. Well, even uh, Mary, <laughs> the Christian, I mean, that's, yeah. Yeah, we, we yeah. tend to think of it as those kind of things. So we don't do that. Yeah, we do. We do. We do it a lot. Yeah. Um, our, our own sorrow, our own desires, our own wants. We put those ahead of God. Um, now here is something that, let's go to Acts 17, 24 through 28. And now this is a very familiar scripture. That's right. Acts 17, 24 through 28. And I liked this example, so we're going to use it of, of praying the scripture back. It says, um, this is a prayer for soul satisfaction. Okay. Um, would anybody like to read that? Verse did you say, dear? Acts 17, verses 24 through 28. God made that. God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands, neither is worshipped with men's hands as though he needed anything, seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things and hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth and hath determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their inhabitation that they should seek the Lord if haply they might feel after him and find him though he be not far from every one of us for in him we live and move and have our being as certain also of your own points have said for we are also his offspring Okay, now, she turned this into a prayer that she has printed right here. And I'm going to read it to you 
This is an example of how to take the scripture and personalize it. Now, I understand how to do that. I, in fact, to figure it out, I had always kind of done some of that, you know, since I'd started studying more. So, I thought everybody understood how to do this. But I feel that I need to go over this because I feel like some of y'all are still not seeing the importance in this. What it amounts to is when you have these times where your ebb is out, you know, your tide is out, your spiritual tide, we need to read these scriptures that talk about God's character like that. And we need to personalize it because they will lift you up. They will edify you. They will help you get back to the top of the mountain with God. Okay. Um, what mom's going through right now? Man, you need that. <laughs> yeah. Doris needs that. Donna needs that. You see what I'm saying? Yet you, my God, made the world and everything in it. You are the Lord of heaven and earth, and you do not live in temples built by hands. You are not served by human hands as if you needed anything because you yourself give all of us life and breath and everything else. From one man, one blood, you made every nation that they should inhabit the whole earth and you determined the time set for them and the exact places where they should live. You, my father, did this, that people would seek you and perhaps reach out for you and find you. Though you are not from each one of us, you are not far from each one of us, for in you we live and move and have our being. Now, she didn't say me. She didn't. Put her, now, I tend to like to say, um, you opened my hands. You, you know, you, you made, I, I, well, let's see. Uh, this is one that I did from Psalms 145. You opened my hands and satisfied my desires. The Lord is righteous and loving towards me, for he made me. You see, it's not that you're changing the scripture. You're writing a prayer from the scripture or you're personalizing the prayer because you need to realize these scriptures are not just 2,000 years ago. They're meant for you today, right now. And if you personalize it in your moment of need, it, it will be that word. Does that make sense? It will reach that part of your soul that is empty. And when you are hurting so bad, whether it's emotionally or physically or frustrated, <laughs> it helps you to live through it. It helps you to hang on to that faith and not be like that young one that I talked about that just didn't get her way, so she's gone. Okay? Because we don't want to be that person. But we've all been that person at one time or another. This is how to have soul satisfaction. Got to work at it. Yeah. Haven't we all learned you have, all of us that have been married, haven't we learned you have to work at your marriage? All mm -hmm. of us that have ever taken care of someone, haven't we learned, oh boy, that's a work in progress, isn't it, Linda? <laughs> you love your mama, but hey. <laughs> all right. So, now our hearts cry. Our spirit's cry is for satisfaction. That's what your heart is crying out for when you are so overwhelmed and you feel so put upon. And look, Solomon even got to feeling that way, and he was the wisest man in the world. Let's look at, and then we're going to go to, what time is it? And then we're going to go to this real quick because I'm going to skip a little because I've talked too much. Okay, uh, Ecclesiastes 1, 2 through, 2 and 14. Not 2 through 14, but 2 and 14. Um, anybody want to read for us? Oh, 
Two and fourteen. Two through fourteen? No, just two and fourteen. Vanity of vanities, saith the preacher. Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. I have seen all the works that are done under the sun, and behold, all is vanity and vexation of spirit. Okay. Now, I've looked this up in several different versions because I, I, I wanted to get a full meaning of it. Now, the King James Version says vanity. I'm not sure which version this is she, she uses. It says meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher, utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. I have seen all the things that are done <coughs> under the sun, and all of them are meaningless, a chase after the wind. The word that is, uh, and I think, was it this one? Absolutely futile says the teacher, absolutely futile. Everything is futile. What does a man gain for all his efforts? Um, that's three. That's 14. what mine says, absolute futility. Absolute. Okay, futile, vanity, meaningless, all these mean the same thing. What they're getting this word from, this word they're getting from is hevel, H-E-V-E-L, hevel. It means meaningless. It's translated here to mean meaningless. It's also translated to mean vanity. It's also translated to mean futile. So it actually does translate to all these different words of ours. But it means that. And what it actually means, by extension, what it means is breath. Vapor. So it's, do you see your breath? It's still there. You can't see it. You can only feel it. it it's meaningless. Um, it doesn't mean it's not important, that life's not important. He's miserable when he's saying this. This is from the preacher, and he's talking about a time when you're looking up at the bottom of God's shoes. You know? <laughs> and, and this is what he's talking about. Now, meaningless, worthless, empty, futile, idle. I thought this was really funny that this word goes right back into idle. Um, now, think about it. Solomon was the king. and At the time he lived, he was the wisest king ever, except when it came to women. He was the wisest king ever. Um, so, he had all kind of money, all kind of women, all kind of uh, power. And he's felt like this? That should tell you that there is nothing on this earth that is going to fill the God hole that we all have in us. That should tell you right there. Because if anybody ever had everything that you could have at that time, it was Solomon. Yeah, and he still felt void. Yeah. yeah, he still had those times mm -hmm. that he felt meaningless or empty. So I, Mick Jagger used to have that stupid song about, um, I can't get no satisfaction. <laughs> okay, he couldn't get no satisfaction. All those women, he still couldn't get no satisfaction. <laughs> so and Mick Jagger about the same way. But he was, the wrong place. but you know, he hopefully Solomon place. was prettier than Mick Jagger because Mick Amen. Jagger was ugly as sin. Well, <laughs> and had the prettiest wife. He always got the prettiest one. And ugly as sin. He must have had lots of money. <laughs> or something. Well, there was something. Hey, look at all the politicians. Uh, and look at the women they have by their side. It's got to be power. But he, it rings like, she says it rings like an anthem through all of our society. We can't get no satisfaction. They're, everybody's looking for something, but what they don't understand what they're looking for is to fill their yeah. self uh -huh. with a spiritual satisfaction. Yeah. And they're busy trying to fill it with sex, drugs, and rock and roll. There you go. <laughs> uh, they're busy trying to fill it with stuff, yeah. okay? And stuff just don't get it. It, 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 it will never last. Um, you only have to read King Solomon's words to realize. <laughs> He was the rock star of the time, and he still wasn't happy. <laughs> okay. Um, 
Now we look at it, and this king had everything, but he still couldn't get no satisfaction. And we read this and we think, well, you know that old song, Trust and Obey? Yeah. If we'll just trust and just obey, mm-hmm. we'll be. It's the only way to be happy in There's Jesus. No you know, I mean, it's really true. Yeah. It's simple, but it, it's kind of true. And you say, well, how do you do that? Well, you know how hard it was for me to trust when I, at the time that I was hurting that bad, that God said no, and this is what's right right now. How hard was it for Shirley to trust? God said no. <laughs> this is what's right right now. How hard was it for Bree to trust? God said, no, you're not going to have that child right now. How hard is it for mom to trust? George is going crazy. God said, no, you got to deal with it right now. <laughs> How hard was it for you to trust? I love my mama. I got to live with her and take care of her. She's driving me crazy. <laughs> I felt that. Felt that pain. Now, you know, and now that they're gone, the guilt that we sometimes have because we felt that way sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if you have it, I do. Um, I didn't have to take care of my mom, though. Yes, we didn't. Not too much. She didn't need that. Yeah, well. I took care of, we took care of my mother and daddy for five yeah. years. See, and see, I have the guilt that I had to have help taking care of her because she was driving me crazy. Right. So, how hard is that? You still got trust. You gotta trust that God, in the end, all things work together for the good of those that love the Lord according to His purpose, mm-hmm. not your purpose. We forget to add that according to His purpose. That's what it actually says. It doesn't say according to Julie's purpose, according to Shirley's purpose. No, according to Shannon's purpose. It doesn't say that. Quit adding that in. <laughs> okay. Now look at your little paper. We're gonna get to that. She's popping her on her stomach. Quit being mean to Sissy. She's going to get bigger and you and pop you. Okay. (laughs) So, these things, it says in the following list, underline. Now, we're going to do a couple of things here. So, you're going to need a pen or a pencil. So, someone can have my pen. Mm -hmm. Yes, ma'am. Who needs a pen? Um, Everybody got a pen or some kind or a pencil? Okay. Um... It says, first of all, now, and be honest with yourself. This is not for us, okay? This is for you, okay? So try to be honest with yourself. The more honest you can be with yourself, the easier it'll be to climb back up that mountain. Um, In the following list, underline anything you have sought in the past, thinking it would satisfy your deep inner longing. Now, you know that God does, but what have you sought after, really, with, without, whether you thought about it or not? What did you seek when you were, when you were younger, you know, or whatever, you know, in the past? Uh, some of mine for me was job, career, uh, money. Yeah, I like money. <laughs> Marriage, success. Uh, I wanted to be a successful teacher. Admiration. I wanted to be the admired teacher. Children. Yeah, I love children. And I I, I sought to have a house full at one time. Uh, Me too, but Rick put a stop to it. uh, said two was enough. (laughs) Well, my body put a stop to it. Me too, but the Lord showed us different. (laughs) Then I had Trent. Okay. Approval. Mm, and now some of these hobbies, you know, there's lots of hobbies that I like that sometimes get in the way. But I love to read. I don't always love to read spiritual books, you know, because I love to read mysteries and goofy stuff about little witches and warlocks and, you know, fantasy stuff. I, you know, and not bad stuff, just goofy stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I like science fiction. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. But if I'm doing all that and not studying my Bible at all, what am I doing? <laughs> okay. Now, what would you add? Now, look at your list. Have you got your stuff underlined? I've been running my mouth. Okay. What would you add to the list that you sought as a source of satisfaction if, if it's not there, if it's not on the list? 
and there wasn't really anything for me that I would add to that list. I just put it more specific as far as the job career teaching because at one time for me that became an idol because I was going so hard after that. Um, I wasn't listening to everything God was telling me. So, you know, it's okay if it's nothing else to add, but if there's something you want to add to it, you know, I don't know. I, I'm trying to think of things that I know. Maybe, maybe for what Shirley's, her career was real estate, so it's still job career. I, I don't know. You know, I don't know what it is. But if it is, just write it down at the bottom and underline it. It's it's up to you. Um, go back. Now review your list, and you put an X over anything that you, like Solomon, have tried desperately and found inadequate to satisfy you. I went back and pretty much everything that I had underlined on mine, I couldn't honestly say that it totally satisfied me. Not, not forever. Now, it, it's up to you. This is personal. This is yours. I'm just telling you what mine was. Okay, now, everybody got your X's? No. Oh, okay, I'll leave you alone. I'll leave you alone. I'm going to go to the bathroom, y'all get your X's. Okay, and then I'll tell you what to do next. Right. They say go too long, that's the next thing. But I got to go pot. I'm going to step right You look more and more like your sister. She does. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you look more and more like your sister. It tickled me a while ago when she started running after her. <laughs> <laughs> you better watch out. That's right. That's that's what we always told Spencer and Vince, because Vince was the oldest, but he was tiny. He just weighed four thirteen at birth. And he'd pick on Spencer. I said, son, he's going to be bigger than you one day. You better leave him alone. No, he just had to pick on me. Well, he'd been in the Air Force, Vince, and came home one time, and I was at work, and Amanda called me. They got into it, and Spencer threw his suitcase out of the house and said, you don't live here no more. <laughs> I about had a fit. That embarrassed me to death. I said, son, you know. <laughs> but he quit picking on him. Wait, <laughs> on up. Ed was biting Wanda. Mom said, you find him back? No, he's my brother. Well, fine. Not yet. But he's my brother. Okay, y'all ready? Everybody ready now? Okay. Um, now, review the list one more time. Last time. Circle any source of satisfaction you are still seeking. Now, this is where you got to be real honest. Real honest. Mm -hmm. This is your list to keep. So anything that you are still seeking, guess what? You're human. There probably is something. Hold on. Can I circle beauty? <laughs> it's your list. Yes, you can. I think we all get to a point where we're seeking well, that. Dang it, Who I is that person in that mirror? Yeah. And it, who is that person in that mirror? Yeah. <laughs> I say that a lot lately. I told William the day that my skin's falling off my bones. <laughs> I remember when there wasn't so much junk in my truck. <laughs> okay, let's see. Now, I'm, I'm going to be honest. 
and you don't have to tell me, but I want I well, want just hold to, on as to the, it, Mr. As the one mouth. leading this to get you to understand. You got to be honest with yourself, even when it hurts. At least at the time that I circled this, what was I still seeking to satisfy me that that I have trouble putting down children? Um, not having more, but you always yeah. I I have to be honest. I have a child that well. I love, but I would love for them to take a different marriages, tact. Children make you angry and upset. Mm. Uh, relationships can fail of, yeah. of any kind. Yes. Mm. Approval does not always guarantee you satisfaction. No. You're chasing the approval. That's what you want. And once you get it, you're like, why did I chase that? Yeah. You know, and, and, and to be honest, I think I still chase that at times. Uh, hobbies. I th yeah, I'd say I love to read so much. I think sometimes I get carried away reading so much stuff I forget to study. Yeah, yeah, I admit it. Uh, control. I, yeah, ask, your, ask her. I can be a control freak. Yeah. Hint, hint, she has the blue hair. Just to, I told you why I got the blue hair. It helps with my anxiety because then it gives the excuse of why I think people are looking at me. <laughs> okay, but so see, we all struggle with it. <laughs> okay, um, so I just don't want you to think that anybody here is any better than anybody else. We're we're all human, and God knows we're just made from dirt. That's what I used to tell my children when I went started school. I said, "Don't think you're any better than anybody else, but they're any better than you." Mm -hmm. Obi. Well, what we have to realize and what we have to keep reminding ourselves because from time to time you're going to have to review your list and see where you're at, what you're doing because from time to time we need to take a self evaluation of where are we at, where are we at spiritually, where are we at meant to, to get ourselves back on track. If you don't do that from time to time you can get real off track and what I find with a lot of uh, these young women that I work that I work with, um, God keeps bringing me young women lately, guys. I'm sorry. They it just I don't I don't mean that bad. I don't mean like all young women are, are messed up. But he keeps bringing me some of these that are really messed up, and I'm, I'm tending to mentor and to talk to and to be blunt with and, <laughs> and stuff. I've got one right now at work that. She could not be honest in this self-evaluation. She's not at a point where she could, because she does not oh, realize what she's go. doing. She's fixing to lose her job. And all it amounts to, I'm sorry, guys, she's lazy. Okay, the boss has told her. I've told her. I've tried to warn her and say, honey, I love you. But you've got to make the big boss happy. I mean, how much blunder could I be? Yeah. Uh, you, she wants you to clean. You've got to clean. Okay. Cleaning is not sweep this part of the room and leave a pile over here in the corner of my room. Yeah. Uh, uh, okay. So th this is what I mean. How obvious some things are sometimes to someone else. For she, this is not obvious to her. She feels like she cleaned. She swept this side. I'm done. Be act. And that goes back to not being. Don't you go upstairs. Uh, and trained as a child. <laughs> well, also I have str I struggle with immaturity. <coughs> because now some people are very immature, and I understand this, but at 19 years old, I had been on my own a year, had gone to college, had already worked a couple of jobs, and I was married. Okay? This child is still living at home, being grounded. She's 19 years old, doesn't have her own car. Some just don't grow up. It takes longer for some to grow up. Well, I find and that I'm some like, God, why? And I'm like, God, why did you bring me this when she's getting on my nerves? Well, going to maturity, John and I have a, a friend, a friends that are a couple who got married, have never lived on their own, still live with her parents. Yeah, they get. And, I mean, they pay their own bills, but and they're looking for a forever home, but they've never lived on their own. Unrealistic. And they're married, but they've lived together in her dad's house for years before they got married. And they're like, yeah, we're ready. We're fine. We can do our forever home. And I'm like, you can't even afford the truck you have. <laughs> they're, they're, 
unrealistic expectations and that's kind of what we're dealing with here unrealistic expectations we're expecting whatever you got circled you subconsciously at least are still expecting this stuff to meet your needs and the only thing that can meet your need is God um, we've got to recognize that we're making these things idols you can make your own children idols you can make the need your need for approval idols you can make your hobbies like reading painting all those are good but you can make them idols your need to be in control <laughs> because you just need to be you yeah that can be an idol <laughs> now I'm going to give you a couple of things here and then we're going to stop because I have the button. Yeah, because I always try to stop at least by, by 12, if not before then. So if you ever have to leave, just wave at me. It's okay. Because uh, I never shut up. You know that. <laughs> you know that. I, when y'all see me Wednesdays and I'm quiet, I'm tired. <laughs> quiet on Wednesdays? When you see me and I'm quiet, I'm either being very not very tired, watch it, or You've I'm got being to good. Kids. <laughs> oh, she's not the grandmother. I to worry about feeding them a ton of sugar and bringing them home. No, I don't do that. That's yeah. John's mom. Yeah. <laughs> okay. She looks like she would. Yeah, but I mean, now, she might say, oh, you take your kids, we eat. I ain't doing it. Okay, take your little paper. <laughs> take your little paper and flip it over on the back. These are your personal obstacles to soul satisfaction that you got to pray about. Guess what you just found? If you were honest with yourself, you just found your personal obstacles. Now, these are your main, I'm going to give you three main obstacles. And we'll go into that the next time. I'm sorry that I've talked so much today. I, I really plan on getting further, but I always do. Okay, now, obstacles on our road to freedom. If you turn over on the back, I want you to write these down. Oh, you need your pen back. Um, one, unbelief. Remember how we've talked about, yeah, we know we all believe, but we all have a little bit of unbelief. When I was praying to God to heal me of this, and he told me no, I really had some unbelief there that, is this really the right thing for God? Is this really what we need to be doing here? Is hurt like this? Yeah, I had some unbelief there. You, and really, that's what yours was, too, because you're, we're, we know God knows best. But that didn't feel best at the no, time, did it? Uh, uh, it, now, it makes you feel like you're just sitting yeah. out there in a tree by yourself. Well, you know, and like with the babies. That's a lot of unbelief there mm -hmm. because even though she knew God had them and knew God had this, it's, is this really what, how this needs to go? Mm -hmm. Why? You know, um, two, pride. If you just did your list and you did it correctly, right? You were honest with yourself, right? Well, it was full of pride. Mm -hmm then guess what? Those things that you circled probably involve pride too. Because pride is usually at the base of all idols and all things. We've all got it, whether it's pride in our humility or it's pride in how great we are or something in between there. Or it's pity pride. <laughs> pity pride. I'm so pitiful. Yeah. That's, Look at that's, me. Yeah, yeah, that's the humility. Okay, number three. Three, last one. Settling for satisfaction with anything else. Settling for satisfaction with anything besides God. Now, can you honestly say you've never done that? I don't think any of us can say that we haven't done that. Settling for satisfaction without God? With, with anything oh. else. With anything other than God. Oh my goodness. My dyslexia is affecting my writing really fast. Yeah, I know. That was, that was a mindful. <laughs> but, and we're going to go over, that right there is a whole lesson in itself. So that's what we're going over next time is the obstacles and kind of how to deal with some of these obstacles. First thing you got to do is what you just did. You just found your own personal complaints. You got to recognize your obstacles. 
and then you've got to do what we talked about. You gotta take, Kim hates this part. You gotta take the scripture and you gotta find those scriptures where God's speaking to you. Um, like in Acts 17, 20, he's telling you about himself and build yourself up in God. Feel that? He gave me one several years ago. I usually, every year, I'll get Thomas and Kate, or it used to be Psalms, but it's always calendar every year. And I put one up next to my table at work, and it's got a, oh, a couple Bible verses. And I thought, okay, I'm going to take this, and I'm going to learn a Bible verse each month. I'd read it several times a day. Anytime I was at my desk, I'd read it for the whole month. And then I was going through something, and then well, Psalms 51.10 come up. Create within me, O Lord, a new heart, and um, renew a steadfast spirit within me. That's only one. That whole year stuck with me, and it sticks. Mm -hmm. Sticks with me. And if it sticks with you, there's a reason. If it sticks with you, it's meant for you. There's there's something there that you need to search out that God's trying to tell you. Because I mean, even now I still. And it might be this big or it might be that big. But I, now, I mean, I I've still got them at work. I go over them, but they don't stick. No. I mean, they don't stick out like they don't. Nothing stick with me. So basically. When life is empty, what do you do? Yeah, you need self-introspection, but you need to take and then fill yourself up with the Word of God. You need to pray the Scripture back to Him. Is it going to get perfect? Is the tide going to come rushing in? Well, does it usually come rushing in all at one time, or does it come in when it's time for it? Yeah, God's going to bring you up. And we need to be together as women and support each other. Some of us have done survived a lot. And some of us are still surviving a lot. <laughs> but we can't support each other if we're so busy being busy that that also becomes our problem. So... I want y'all to think about those things. That's your assignment this time. Find your obstacles. Pray the scripture. Find you a scripture.